0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Um, now, before we go any further, uh, Malaika is going to come and, uh, and read um, God's Word to us, I think. Is that all right? Up you come. And uh, Paul's going to hold the microphone, uh, and uh, Malaika will tell us uh, where uh, the Bible reading is from as well. Okay. The
0: Bible reading is Nehemiah 8, chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. All the people came together as one in the sky before the water gate. They told Ezra the teacher of the law to bring the book, the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So, one, so on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up, which was made up of men and women. All. All who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon. His face of the square, the, his face, the, he faced the square before the water gate in the, in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood, high, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Ezra opened the book, all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded Amen, Amen. They all bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right, let's, uh, let's pray again before we go any further, shall we? Father God, thank you uh, for your word, the Bible, and uh, thank you that uh, that is how uh, you chiefly choose to speak to us. And so we pray that you would help us uh, to pay attention to what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, we, I've got a bit of a quiz actually for you before we go uh, any further this morning and um, so I've just got three questions, Uh, so listen up and see if you can get the right answer. Okay, so here we go, number one. How many of each type of animal did Moses take onto the ark? You can just shout out. All of them, okay. Anyone over here? None. Okay, well let's let's have a look at the question. The question was, how many of each type of animal did Moses take onto the ark? And of course, the answer was none because it was Noah. Yes, thank you for listening. Ah. <laughs> question number two If a plane crashed on the borders of France and Spain, where would the survivors be buried? So, what do you think over here, anyone? Okay, let's have a look at the question. The question was, if a plane crashed on the borders of France and Spain, where would the survivors be buried? Well, of course, you don't bury survivors. So, uh, yes, thank you for listening uh, at the back there. And the third question, as I left the hotel, two German tourists, five Japanese tourists and three Swedish tourists were entering. So how many people in total left the hotel? One. Hey, you're listening now, aren't you? Yes, here was the question. As I left the hotel, all those other people were leaving the hotel. So yes, the answer is one. Thank you. Uh, you were listening at the end. Now, uh, something a bit like that was happening uh, in the bit from the Bible that Malaika uh, read to us just now. You see, the people of Israel had stopped listening. They'd stopped listening. They stopped listening to God's word. Let me explain a bit more. You see, God had rescued the people of Israel from being slaves in Egypt, and he'd taken them to a beautiful promised land. We sung about it earlier on, called Canaan. And on the way at Mount Sinai, having already rescued them, God spoke to them. God spoke to them. And he made them promises. And he says, look, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you from your enemies. And uh, I'm going to keep you in the land that I promised to give you. I will do all of that for you. What you need to promise is to love and serve and worship me, said God. Love and serve and worship the Lord God who has done all of that for you. And don't go off and worship and serve other things. And for a while, it all went well. In fact, um, they lived in their wonderful new land, and uh, they built uh, the most amazing capital city of Jerusalem. So this is kind of some of it, not all of it, um, built an amazing capital city uh, with big strong walls and, uh, and uh, big strong gates, if I can get that to, st- no, it's not that, just about, right, and big strong gates. Uh, and, uh, and that's where they lived. And uh, then it all went wrong. You see, the kings and the people of Israel turned away from God. They started loving and serving and worshipping statues made of wood and metal and stone instead of the Lord God who had done all of that for them. And God warned them and warned them and warned them until eventually he let this huge army come along. And this huge army trashed the walls of Jerusalem, broke the walls of Jerusalem down until it looked an absolute mess. And they burned uh, the gates of Jerusalem. If I can get this one to stand up, which doesn't look as though it's going to do. Fantastic. And... uh, And uh, the Babylonian army also took away uh, most of the people to their country, Uh, took them away to Babylon. Hmm. But God hadn't forgotten about them. So many years later, uh, some of those people were allowed to return back to Jerusalem. And one of the people who came back was this fellow here. I've no idea whether he looked like this, but... uh, Just for the sake of argument, he looked like this. His name was Nehemiah, and he was one of the guys who came back. Now, Nehemiah was someone who loved God with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his mind and with all his strength. And he hated the way that God's name had been dragged through the dirt by the people of Israel. And he'd heard about the terrible mess that the city of Jerusalem was in, And so Noah got the, uh, sorry, Nehemiah uh, got, (laughs) back to Noah again, Nehemiah got the people of Israel organized and to cut a very, very long story short, and despite some serious threats uh, that you can read about in the first few chapters of uh, Nehemiah, and despite being laughed at and being uh, attacked, they repaired the walls of Jerusalem. They put the whole thing back together again so that it was completely fixed and they did that in only 52 days, which is just a few weeks, isn't it? Wow. That's brilliant, isn't it? Talk over. That's it. That's all we need to think about, isn't it? Yep. Jerusalem had been trashed by the Babylonians. People have been taken away. People are back. Jerusalem has been repaired. That's it. Fantastic. Look. Look. It's brilliant. You've got this amazing, secure place to live, Israel. But is that all God is interested in? Really? Is that it? Somewhere safe and secure and beautiful to live in? Is that all God is interested in? No. There's something much more important to God. You see, Nehemiah had rebuilt the walls, but God was about to start rebuilding the people. And do you know how he did that? By speaking to them. God rebuilt the people of Israel by speaking to them. Oh, he didn't say anything new because he had already spoken. What God had said was already written down. It was already written down for them. The problem was that they had stopped listening. God had already spoken, but they had stopped listening. And here's how it happened. So all of the people of Israel... Um, so here we go. Uh, all of the people of Israel they got together inside the uh, the walls of Jerusalem. So it was uh, near to a place called the Water Gate, which is one of the many places uh, inside the walls, uh, one of the gates uh, in the walls of Jerusalem. And there were old men uh, like Paul Anderson. There were young men. Uh, there were uh, old. Uh, there were old women. I'm not going to say anything, Gloria, and there were uh, young women and there were teenagers and there were children who were old enough to understand like, uh, like the children that we have here this morning. So they were all gathered together. So it was a bit like this service. It was a bit like an all-age service. And meanwhile, the carpenters had a great big stage built. Um, and uh, the best I can do is to give you a stepladder. So there we go, great big stage that was built there, and uh, uh, along came a man called Ezra. So who would like to come and be Ezra for us? One of the kids, who would like to do that? If none of the other children volunteer, Katie, I'll be coming. <laughs> right, okay Katie, here we go, here's your badge, show everyone your badge that says Ezra. Ezra. All right, and what I'd like you to do, this, is, uh, this, has all been, um, this has all been checked by health and safety and all those kind of things. Can you climb up here for us, um, up onto that top shelf there? Is that all right? Yeah. Yes? And if you fall, well, it's just Dad's fault, isn't it? Yeah, yeah? It is. yeah okay, right. You, you stand there. Okay, so there he was. Now, Ezra was a scribe, or as the NIV uh, calls him, a teacher of the law. Uh, and um, so he was someone that the, the people respected um, who understood what was written in here. He, he understood the language uh, that uh, those few books of the Bible were written in, uh, and he understood what it meant. And the first thing he did was he opened the scroll. So Katie, can you take these two handles at the bottom? Hold the handles at the bottom and unroll it a little bit. That's the way. Excellent. Okay. And he opened the scroll and the first thing he did was he praised God. So say after me, Katie. Drop this down a bit so everyone can see you. Are you going to shout this big voice? You ready? Lord God, God, you are amazing. amazing. Yes, you've helped us us. rebuild the the city walls. You are amazing, Lord God. Yeah. except the Nehemiah 8 doesn't say that they gave him a round of applause what it says is that all the people shouted together Amen! Amen! amen. amen. that was pathetic <laughs> and all the people together shouted amen amen! Amen. amen! amen! much better and then Ezra started reading God's word At six o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, when most of us, especially on a Sunday morning, are asleep, six o'clock in the morning, and standing with Ezra were a bunch of priests, and I didn't ask Malaika to read all those names, but you can read about them yourself in Nehemiah chapter 8. And those priests were people who also understand, the, understood the language and could explain it to the people. So, for example, this block of people over here, you might have one priest who's who's helping to explain what Ezra's read. You guys might have a different priest explaining it. You guys over here might have a different priest using visual aids and and you know all sorts of things over here, and to help to explain it. Because you see, sometimes. God's word can be tricky to understand, can't it? Sometimes it can be tricky. And guys, even when it's not tricky to understand, isn't it good when someone has taken the time to make it clear to us and to teach it to us clearly? So Ezra read God's word. The priests, for each of the kind of groups of people, explained God's word, and the people listened. For the first time in ages to God's word, they listened to what God had said. And they did that for six hours. So starting at six o'clock in the morning all the way through to lunchtime in about half an hour from now, 12 o'clock noon. Six hours. That makes turning up to church for an hour on a Sunday morning look quite lightweight, doesn't it? So I wonder, what did the people do as they listened to God's word? They cried. They cried. They cried a lot. Why? Was that because Ezra was going on and on and on and on and on for six hours? No. You see, as they listened to God's word, they realized how much they'd messed up. And they were sorry for ignoring him for so long. And after a while, Nehemiah, the guy who's down there at the end there, uh, said to them, look, enough crying. God has forgiven you. You've repented. You've realized that you've been wrong for centuries. Go and celebrate all that God has done for you. Go and celebrate. Here it is in uh, verse 12. should be up on the screen, I think. Verse 12 looks like this. Then all the people went away to eat and drink to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been known to them. And then the next day the same thing happened. All right? Ezra read God's word, read God's word. The priests explained it to groups of people. But this time, this time the people who were there listening were the leaders of the families, which normally meant the dads. So that was the dads turning up, listening to God's word being explained to them, and then the dads taking that away back to their own families and taking responsibility to teach their own kids and wives at home. And the other thing that happened, and you can read about this if you, uh, if you read uh, later on today, chapters 9 and 10, is how the people made promises to God. You see, they'd listened to God's word being taught, they'd celebrated, but if all they do is listen to God's word being taught and then nothing changes, it's a bit pointless really, isn't it? Remember that they had turned away from God. As a nation, they had turned away from God. Individually, they had turned away from God. They'd been worshipping for, for decades, for centuries. They'd been worshipping statues made of wood and, and metal and, and stone. And they needed to turn back to God. And that's what they did. They turned back. You know, in the Bible, repent means instead of going this way, it means turning round and going in the opposite direction. They turned around. They made promises together. The men promised to only marry women who loved and served the Lord God, even if that meant waiting. The women promised to marry only men who loved and served the Lord God, even if that meant waiting. They all promise to keep God's special Sabbath day special for him and not work. They all promise to care for the poor. And they all promise to give back to God from what they earned. Right, let's give Katie a massive round of applause as she sits down. Thank you very much indeed. you manage? you You can hold on to the Ezra badge for the time being if you like. So what on earth has that got to do with us? What's a, a bunch of people uh, two and a half thousand years ago or so listening to the content of a of a dusty old scroll that contained what probably was the first five books of the Old Testament? What's that got to do with us? Well, God has spoken. God has Spoken in what we now have as the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible. And that's where we find out what God is like. That's where we find out what God has done, and especially what he did in sending his son Jesus to die on the cross to take the punishment for your sin and my sin so that we can be forgiven. For the times that we have turned away from God and served and loved other things. And it also tells us what God says is good for us and what God says is bad for us. He has spoken. And He's also told us in here what it is to be a follower of Jesus, what a follower of Jesus looks like. It's all in here, it's all in God's Word, the Bible. But we need to listen. So kids, when you have the opportunity to come uh, here on a Sunday morning, or go to our church, guys, on a Sunday morning, uh, and uh, your Sunday uh, group leaders, your Sunday school leaders, or whatever you call them here, uh, uh, teach you the Bible, then come expecting to hear the Bible taught to you. They've taken the time to prepare to speak. Uh, to teach you from the Bible. So come along, prepared to have a great time and to have fun and play games, but also uh, to listen to the Bible. And parents, it can be really tricky, can't it, Uh, finding a time to uh, read the Bible with our kids at home? I know we've found that really difficult as our kids have kind of grown up. It's tricky to do that. But your Sunday group leaders only have them for, what, an hour or two on a Sunday morning? As parents, we have them at home for a lot longer than that, don't we? And for all of us, it's really tempting, especially in our culture today, that has basically chosen to reject what's in here. Our culture has rejected this. It's really tempting to listen to the people out there and to listen to the BBC and to listen to social media than it is to listen to this sometimes. So let's make God's Word central to our lives. God has spoken. It's here. We need to listen. Let's pray as I hand back to Paul. Father God, thank you that you have spoken and that we can listen to you from the Bible. Help us to want to hear you speak to us. Help us to be like those people in Nehemiah's time who listened and who turned to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.